You're listening to the Coach T Podcast hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. Thank you all for all the support and love from the wrestling community. Uh, this podcast has been my labor of love to, in my opinion, the greatest sport on the face of the earth. I have a great guest with you today, the owner and head coach of the Michigan Revolution, Mr. Mario Flores himself. Mario, how are you doing today? What's up, buddy? How's it going? <laughs> oh, you know, it's nine o'clock on a Monday, so feeling really good. Got my coffee in, really energetic, ready to go. Rock and roll, and I just landed from uh, Grappler Fall Classic. Shout out to those guys; they did great this weekend. What uh, what I like that tournament a lot, and uh, mm-hmm. and so we land we landed. We were all on that six fifty fight, uh, six fifty five fly home. About mm-hmm. uh, hundred wrestlers and, and college coaches and, and parents, and it was it was awesome. So then uh, then I got home and, and took my puppy out and got up. My wife was like, "I said you've been gone all weekend. I, I got a I got a hit list for you." So I got up and grabbed a cup of coffee and. <laughs> And now, and now I'm I'm off running errands. <laughs> so you're a smart man. You're a smart man. I always have errands here at the house, but I just try to put on a little list. I'm like, oh, I got at least two of these ten things done today. I got five more days to finish it. So we'll see. Yeah. See what happens. <laughs> now me it. and Mario go back roughly 15 years. So uh, a previous person I interviewed on the podcast, Steve Delaney, was the head coach of Lansing Everett. He left for Grand Ledge, and that next year. Jason Krieger of Granville became the head coach at Lansing Everett. And Mario, along with uh, Jay Carrera, who wrestled at Mason, I believe was a state champion for them. I know he was a really good wrestler for him, real great guy, um, came on and was coaching at my alma mater, Lansing Everett. And um, I got an opportunity to work with those guys during that time when that was one of the best uh, wrestling teams in Everett's history from that very much from 05 to about 09, uh, there was a lot of talented wrestlers in that in that wrestling room. But um, but that's how me and Mario started. And then throughout, you know how wrestling is, you know, you take a few years off and then we end up seeing each other throughout the uh, throughout the season. And um, and one of his stints over at Milford, he was his team would go to the Holt tournament, so we get to talk there and everything else. And Mario actually ended up being the head coach at Everett for a few years, so. I don't want to give too much away because I I hate doing that. I introduce you and then I take all your good stuff. So tell me how you, uh, how you got started in this great sport of wrestling. Uh, So I was, I was the naughty kid at school. I had a ton of energy. If you, if you you see me at 40, imagine me Mm -hmm. at nine and a half at uh, St. Agnes Catholic school, running the, running the hallways. Uh, And I was just a little madman. Anyway, it's like, 1989 and my principal at my elementary school her son was a wrestler uh and my high school at that time had just come off like their first or like maybe my first or second high school team state title and then my best friend from uh when i was a little boy his older brother was also on that 89 championship team in in, in nebraska and so i was i must have been i must have been hell on wheels and uh so every day like at my school you could either go real uh, you could go in the side doors and go into the gym because I'm. It's a little tiny uh, private school, you know, a, a Christian school or Catholic school in Nebraska. Anyway, mm-hmm. but the 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 nuns and the uh, office was right on the on the left hand side. So uh, Mrs. Nance was her name. That was her uh, her office was right there. So I'd have to set daily goals like playground goals and other things so that we could keep you out of trouble. 
and she was like, you need to go to wrestling practice. And so uh, <laughs> my buddy, my buddy, Greg, his dad, uh, his dad was our coach. And, and we went out to, uh, I went to practice. I remember I went to in jeans and a t-shirt and socks <laughs> to my very first practice. Perfect and attire. Perfect attire. And, uh, and then we did that. And so we, we, we wrestled all the way through and then, uh, and then, you know, but was able, but here's the one thing coming back. So we wrestled freestyle all the way through till high school. I didn't mm-hmm. even wrestle. I didn't even wrestle folk style. Uh, we called it uh, federation and then okay. we called folk style collegiate. So that's, that's where I'm from that era. And, uh, <laughs> and I literally, my freshman year was like, I used to create moves. I didn't know any technique. I was like the guy that was like, stalling on bottom freaking headlocks that was the highlight video of like headlocks okay. from everywhere just, <laughs> i didn't know anything it was horrible right i was just i was just like fast and and, mm. uh, and gritty and so anyway fast forward uh, uh how i got here and then I was, I was out in south Dakota for a while and then uh came to michigan and then i think i came here i moved here in like 04 04 05 and then mm-hmm. I didn't really know anyone, so that first year I didn't do anything with with coaching or anything. And then uh, uh, I had my first starter house, like like a block and a half from Everett. But my mm. uh, my kid's mom was a Holt grad, so she she came out in the in the late '90s, early 2000s, and and uh, with some of those you know some of those Joel Zolni guys and, and oh. stuff like that. And, and I know uh, Joel Zolni very well. Great guy. Yeah. Right. So like those, those studs and, 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 uh, and then, she, and then, uh, you know, talk, obviously talk about Stan and Rocky and those guys. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. so in my mind, that's all I knew. I knew what people had told me. And then I, and, and you got to figure early 2000s Holt was real good. Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then we, and then off, uh, I applied for, uh, coach Krieger's job, but again, uh, he was in the building. Right. So if you mm-hmm. if you have a, a teacher in the building, that's pretty helpful. Yeah. And so um, he came on and then uh, I didn't get the job and they didn't offer me anything. And then I, I think him and Jay Carrera were uh, were good buddies. And uh, and then he brought Jake on as an assistant. And um, and then they called me back and we're like, hey, you want to you want to work with us? And I was like, sure, I'll I'll, uh, I'll shag coffees for you guys, whatever. And then. Uh, <laughs> And then we got going, dude. And and then we had those those we had a, you know we had a little bit of success. We had some kids that were all staters and some you know really kind of climbing a little bit. And then uh, and it was just time to move on. So then I was at Holt for a little while, and then uh, I was at Holt all the way until I, I started doing the, the private coaching thing up in up in Flint area. So uh, and then we got with you know, now we're we're talking fast forward another ten years. So I was with with Polly for like four, and then now we're at Red for for five so uh it's gone fast man i tell you yeah so so tell me about the like um you know you've you've got some high level wrestlers where did the concept of michigan rev come from uh so we we were at i was was up in flint at Polly's, and uh and one of the dads from down in milford area his kid was on the wrestling team and, and, you know, maybe got my name through, uh, through passing or my wife's a teacher at the school. So they were like, my kid wants a little more training. Uh, what can we do? And is that uh, coach like a travel baseball team or something? And then, um, and then, so he was like, can I, and I was like, Hey, I, I go up to Flint though, you know, and, and I drive there, you know, four days a week. So you want to come, you want to get in the car with me, I'll take you. And so he came for a little while 
and then uh then kind of got into crossfit and stuff like that so he kind of uh you know kind of went in just another direction when when i came here it was it was not what you see today there was the the old wrestling room with those windows was like four tons <laughs> of steel oh that's fun leaky ceiling and uh and you know, and nothing. All the stuff that you saw is all concrete floor, and and uh, and then we came in, and, and uh, you know, it was just I live you know five minutes from Rev, and so it was just time to go in another direction, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And, and and shout out to you know all the things that those guys do up there, and, and Polly and, and all those kids. Obviously, we're seeing the fruits of their labor with all the success that they're having. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and dude, it was a special time. Those kids were those kids were amazing. And uh, to see them is, is awesome. Yeah. No, I talk a lot about how, you know, I graduated in 02. And I think for the most part, there wasn't a lot of <clears throat> private club wrestling that you could get in. You know, if you knew some people, you could get some practices in, especially during the springtime with freestyle and everything else. I was fortunate that Chris Marshall, who was a All-American at Central and Clarion, which just happened to be in the neighborhood, and was um, helping out with uh, Lansing Everett's youth program at the time. So I used to get my butt kicked by him. So I flash forward to tw- almost 20 years later, like wh- how wrestling has changed where you have more opportunities to see all these great coaches and get all these great workouts in. And you don't have to travel as far, if that makes any sense. I feel like there's pretty much a a club in er- and throughout Michigan I don't know if there's one up in the UP per se, probably is, but I mean, you could within an hour, hour and a half furthest you'll travel to go to some of these clubs to, to get some top notch coaching. Uh, to, to follow the progression. Right. So I'm, I've been here, like we are talking like the last 15 years, mm-hmm. the 15 year progression uh, in Michigan. Um, it was almost like a constant growth. Um mm-hmm with the organizations and stuff like that. And then, um, and then when you have uh, private facilities open up and, and guys with, with, with the skills that the, so again, we talked about just a minute ago, so many talented coaches and they're yeah. ready, uh, ready to start giving back, mm-hmm. uh, give back to the give back is happening and it's happening mm-hmm. right now. And, and you're seeing these uh, clubs and facilities and, and uh, open up all, um, not all over the place, but, but the right people are, are jumping in and, and people are getting on board and they're starting to organize. Uh, you know, again, technology is great when it works. Right. And so <laughs> yeah. with that, you're starting to open up uh, opportunities and availabilities and they're like, boom, boom, boom. And now you've got, you know, the right people in certain locations, you have West Michigan, you know, you you know, climbing so fast you have central michigan with with with, with simmons and, and those guys and then you have you know paul's got that stuff up north and, and, and flint area covered and then you're starting to climb and starting mm-hmm. to see people starting to do all these things and then you know obviously everything down in dundee that's happening and and southern mm-hmm. you know southeast michigan and then the east side of the city the people are starting to pop them up all over uh you know those guys over you know Confl- guys like Conflitty and, and Jetfire and those guys they're all they're all you know so now you're starting to regionally place uh high level coaches are, are, mm-hmm. are popping up got what about I mean and then you got for and Sam over at Michigan West so I mean you're mm-hmm. talking about you know seven or eight guys ten guys with, with not just guys but like people and networks and communities you know what I mean right. or, yeah, that are behind them so it's not always just one guy it's, you know it's everybody behind them and associated with them and then mm-hmm. you have 
you know, the, the officials are, are, you see how many officials are now at the big 10 level, how many guys are, you know, how many uh, officials from Michigan are now uh, at Fargo and stuff like that. So it's like, we have the pieces. It's just, uh, it's putting them all together and, and really trying to move uh, as a unit. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, you had girls wrestling uh, has really grown in the last 10, 15 years, especially in Michigan. And I talked to one of my previous podcasts, I believe when I was talking to Coach Smith of Frankfurt, how when I was in sixth grade was my first year of wrestling. And there's these twins from Monroe, Sarah and Laura DeSaisere, who were tough, tough girls. I believe they were actually ranked in the country when they were in high school. But they didn't have the opportunities that the female wrestlers have now to compete for a state title against girls. Um, and then obviously you've had with, uh, I think it was Amy Morrell, that was the first female state placer in Michigan history, your CC Webbers, um, and the list goes on and on. How is girls wrestling, like what has made that transition to put it into the forefront where it's actually, to me, the most exciting part of the sport now, if you watch the Olympics uh, this past summer? There's a, there's a lot behind that. Uh <laughs> So I, I think if you're talking history and, and kind of, uh, you know, where we are now, um, you, there's been a movement, right? There's, we were, there's been a, 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 a real uh, visible movement to bring, um, you know, gender equality and, and women into, into the fold um, through sport and, and competitive, uh, you know, competitive activities, if, if you will. And then, uh, and again, access and, and availability and, and people, uh, willing to invest in, in female wrestling. And so when you, um, when you have that and then, and then there, obviously it starts with the whisper and then gets louder and louder and louder. And, and, and then it's, you know, it's to the point where, uh, it's, it's, it's a movement, right. And that's how things mm-hmm. create traction. And, and if you're, t- you know, you're talking about movements and traction, you're, 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 these girls were, were, were pioneering, you know, 15, 20 years ago, uh, you know, Tr- Trisha Saunders. I mean, you got a Trisha yeah. Saunders award and, and, and she's a Michigan gal. So you have these things, uh, you know, leading up to where we are today. And, and over the last 10 years, you know, being able to have women in Olympics and then, and then have success, obviously everybody wants to, to be around a winner. So, um, <laughs> when you, when you have some local success and you have girls, uh, like, you know, most recently, uh, the, the, the CC Webbers or the Kendra Ryans of the world mm-hmm. that are, um, that are really out there, you know, and, and their work mm-hmm. ethic speaks for itself. It doesn't have, it has zero to do with gender. It has right. everything to do with, with output. And, mm-hmm. and some of these kids are friggin' are, are machines, right? They're mm-hmm. doing things that, that other people aren't willing to do. Boy, girl, friggin' cat, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. they are some of the, some of these uh, people are, are the hardest working uh, you know, kids in show business. So <laughs> with, when they dude, when they're out there and they're grinding, you have to respect it. And, and, and if you have, and if you're just a, a person who respects the hustle, you don't see, you know, it doesn't have a, a, a pronoun to it, if you will. Um, yeah. And so, and then I think that again, with availability and access and, and coaching, right. And think about this. If you only coach boys, that's only half the market. Right. right. And, and if you're right. trying to, and, and I guess if, if the, if the, uh, the idea is growth, well then, if you're, what is your idea of growth, right? So let's let's quantify growth in numbers, or growth mm-hmm. in access and availability, or growth in opportunity, you know. And so when you do that, you're you're allowing yourself to 
to be vulnerable and and take some risks and and in the in the meantime you're you're uh, you're doing that with with the goal of of providing access you know those opportunities for for in this case uh, women women in wrestling so um, and then you got good I mean look at you got Sammy Hansen you got Terry Steiner I mean you have mm-hmm. some guys you know high level male uh, coaches or, or or athletes starting to get into the women's world you know mm-hmm. i i was i was you know transcending and then you have you know three or four you know with you know fortunate for us we we have we're, we're we have friends out there and and, and look at those guys at, at sacred heart and, mm-hmm. and down at presbyterian benny's right. uh, benny gomez he's down there now <laughs> and then uh and then you have uh and then you have all these other these d2s and d3s and d4s and like or whatever but nais they're up they're popping up and they're they're creating opportunities for for women and at that point uh, you know they're on fire and i and i really right. feel like the women's movement is dude it's ready to blow oh yeah oh yeah i i will never forget my last year coaching at western we had lydia roop um and who's an outstanding student athlete in her own right but it was, the coolest part was sit, standing there and they're doing the grand march and you see all these great competitors walking through. I was almost in tears because I I remember where I was twenty you know twenty four years ago to the to that point and thinking about all the the, the Elena Barubis of the world you know that that this was their this is what they've been pioneering working so hard to give female athletes the opportunity to be respected wrestlers and to see them as wrestlers not just female competitors or female wrestlers. They are wrestlers first and foremost, and, and they are some of the toughest athletes that you will ever have the opportunity to coach. 100%. I'm glad we get a, I'm glad we share Lydia Roop as, as, as an influence. That girl is amazing. She's so funny. She made the Fargo finals, and behind the, behind the uh, curtain, they're getting ready for, like, smoke and fog and you know what i mean everyone's like all hopping around and she's on that and, and dialed in and she's break dancing we're doing like break dance moves and she, she's so funny oh, my God. oh yeah dude, dude talk about a gem anyway mm-hmm. back back to that but I, I feel like for for me where where we maybe we uh we got into women's wrestling is because what I, in my in my opinion when you step on the mat i don't call you a girl or boy i'm like Mm-hmm. You're a wrestler, and I'm gonna. And yep. you're, you're gonna, and you're gonna own every every part of that. You know mm-hmm. I mean? I'm gonna yell yeah. at you. I, yeah. I'll be screaming at, I'll be screaming at a girl, and she's crying, and her friends are like, "Don't talk to her like that." And I was like, "Get <laughs> on the line." Yeah. I'm not here for your tears. You can cry later. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then and then she, uh, but it's also the same girl that for the first three weeks of of training with me. Every time we went live, she would pick me for a partner, headbutt me in the face, and I immediately go get a, uh, a Kleenex because I was bleeding. Yeah, you know yeah, you know like that's, they're tough like that, dude. They're gritty. Mm-hmm. They they are. Um, my one of my previous podcasts, I interviewed Joe Whitman, uh, who's longtime official, good friend of mine, and um, he had talked about kind of the. There is a vacuum right now, or a void, I should say, in the official community, and COVID didn't really help it that much, but as you probably know, and you've been to the coaches' clinics, our officials are getting older, and we're having a difficult time retaining officials. Um, It's kind of the same thing that we we see in the education world. I'm a teacher first. Um, What are the things that we could do better to, to recruit train and retain officials at the 
for wrestling from the youth level all the way up to high school? Yeah, so I just took over the uh, the presidency of, of uh, role at um, at Nemwa, and I and that's one of my major things that I really want to uh, work on. I, I think that official officiating is is great for everybody. It's 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 great for the kids. It's great for the community. Obviously, that's the um, they're the they're the guide, right? They're I mean, you you say you know, take the official out of it or whatever, but they're there to keep things safe, keep things in order, and keep things moving, right? They don't want to they want to be there. Uh, they want to be there. They want to have a, a well-run game. Um, they definitely don't want to be yelled at. So uh, I think a lot of that comes down to uh, making it making it cool to 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 be grateful. And, yeah. And, and and if we can be if we can kind of push that as our initiative, let let's let's be grateful for these officials and their time. Everybody's got a family. Everybody's got uh, other other places they're supposed to be and activities and stuff like that. Right. And so if they're going to spend their time to come here and let us play that, then we need to, we need to be re- respectful and grateful of that. So um, I really will want to push that. And uh, in doing so, we're going to have to be able to, again, train kids up. Right. So I've been working with a, a, a couple guys on, on what does that look like? Mm-hmm. There is, there's ways I think that we can do it. Obviously we need people and then we need people. And, and then here's the, here's the task, the obstacles. We need people. We need have people who like wrestling, right. right. And, and, and who are coming out of high school. Well, with so much, you know, so many things happening and wrestling, maybe not everybody wants to go back to, uh, to be a college athlete, or maybe they don't want to, or whatever, but they still like wrestling. You know how many hmm. kids I talk to? I mean, I'm getting a little older now, but so I talk to a lot of kids outside of, of uh, outside of high school that are a, a few years removed that mm-hmm. are like, man, I really miss it. I really miss it. And I'm like, why don't we get into a co- uh, officiating? Well, we got to make a, being an official cool. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we do. And, and if we can do that, we can make it fun and we can create that community. And there's also opportunities. Right, yeah. you saw those guys going to the Olympics as, yep. as officials, dude. You're a world level official. You 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 know you know your rules. You're you're engaged in the in the competition. Uh, you know, let's celebrate that. And and we have high level officials in Michigan. We have people that that were you know uh, on the on the uh, all these uh, all these boards and committees and all these things. We can we can do it and. I'm not, I'm not gonna roll the whole plan out, but dude, there's ways to there's ways to identify those people. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's kids coming out of high school every year who yep. are graduating that maybe aren't going to college to wrestle, but had a really good experience, right? Or there's high school kids that are still competing, um, that that uh, you know want to don't want to go and and work a you know a full time job in the summer or in the spring, but definitely would spend a few hours on the weekend because they don't need a full paycheck. They just need a, they just need spending cash, right? you know, and, and, and stuff like that. And so if we can build that in, um, we can get those kids out, you know what I mean? And then we have to, and then at the same time, we have to show, we have to show them a quality experience, but that, that's, I mean, that's a responsibility on every us, all of us, that's yeah. the tournament host. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if you don't, I, when you were official, didn't you love going to, uh, the tournaments that had the best, uh, uh, food rooms? Yes. Right? Yes. The best dude. food rooms, the best drinks, and uh, oh my god, dude! That, they they had like the moms that had like the one taco salad that was out of this world, or like yeah, it like oh my god, <laughs> I remember going to Lake Orion and they had like uh, the Oakland County tournament, and they had like a 
a spread of mm-hmm. all the good. They had breakfast, they had lunch, they had like right. everything you need to like get through your day, coffees and waters. And uh, it was awesome. If I were official and people were doing that, I would do that. Too. I would come back. And uh, we're pretty easy to please. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. I, got an, I got an idea. Be nice. <laughs> give me some water. And high five at the end. Let's go. Like, yeah. It's, 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 we, we overthink some things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's also, you know what I mean? It's also coming to where we have to be actively supporting officials where you're like, hey, dad, green shirt, get out of here. You know, and, and uh, 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 stop your feet. You're going to be the guy that's going to tantrum anyway. Right. But if, but if you're out of here, guess what? The rest of the, the rest of the cheering section uh, is getting the message that that's not, that's not acceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we have to, we have to, you know, protect our, our, our people. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just said mm-hmm. there's inappropriate and appropriate behavior for competition. I agree. So, and so, officials, the, um, you know, as a former, I officiated for over 10 years in freestyle and Greco and folk style. And one of the biggest things that I can remember, I mean, as an official, you got to have thick skin. And you're going to expect some negativity from the crowd on some of your calls. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. But it's the kind of ad hominem attacks where you're attacking the official's character, the person they are. It's one thing to question a call. We're all human. We're going to question a call. But to be... Uh, vehemently and visibly upset about a call and it goes back to that coaching point where we tell our athletes all the time don't put it into the officials hands you know it's hard it's you have to wrestle your match and keep it out of the officials hands the officials job is just to call the match how they see it some officials are great at that some officials are still learning the proper mechanics and that's okay and I love your idea of, of getting these kids when they're in high school and making officiating cool. Because officiating is fun, especially if you're a young guy. And you, I mean, some of the money these guys can make on a weekend tournament, $250, $300. I mean, that's some pretty good money for 10 hours of work. Some pretty good spending cash, in my opinion, or 150 for three hours for a quad meet. You can't beat that. Bro, I saw one of my old club kids that wrestled in college. He's down doing a chiropractic school down in, in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was there officiating. And I was like, what are you doing? Oh my God, it's good to see you. And he's like, man, I got to come down here. I got paid. To, they stayed paid for my housing. I got to see all my old friends. I got to see my college coach who was down there, you know, checking mm-hmm. things out. And, uh, and then I got, and then I got to make some money. And I was like, there's no, you can never have too many skills. No. You know what I mean? You, there's things outside of, of officiating that, the, that it's going to teach you about life, right? right. Working with, with, with difficult people. You know what I mean? Being consistent in your, in your approach, right? I would rather work with a, 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 an official who called it, you know, how he interpreted the book every single time. I know what I'm going to get. If I step back three steps and he's and, and I don't make contact inside the circle and he hits me with a star warning, I know that I better touch him inside of it before I get out of that circle. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like, and he calls it every time. I know right. that if, if I drop down to a leg, he starts counting immediately. You know what I mean? He gets to mm-hmm. five, he's gonna ding me. Yeah, if you know, if or or he may let me, dude, it was seven seconds. It was he held on to me for eight seconds. Well, but, you know, did he or did he not attempt to return you to the mat? Right. Well, that, that, that. Okay. Well, 
know the rule then, bro. Mm-hmm. So, so true. Uh, any, anyway, but you're talking about, you know, a, a whole, there's, you know, I mean, no, people aren't, you know, some people aren't you know, rule junkies like, like us. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, you're, you're, you're talking about trying to, trying to, you know, treat the masses, uh, and then, and then the people that are, you know, thoroughly invested, like, yeah. so it's, it's, it's kind of that, you know, kind of find that, uh, in between there, that, that balance that works. So. Mm-hmm. And trying to understand that, um, and I'm talking from my perspective and, and the officials that, you know, Sam Davis was kind of my, that was the that person was I looked up to the most. To me, he's one of the best officials I've ever, ever seen at all levels, just his consistency. You understand why he makes certain calls. It's one of the reasons why when I went into coaching, it was easier for me to talk to officials because I knew when to ask a question and when to say you know what knowing my thoughts on the rule book and how it's interpreted that was the right call i don't need to i need to talk to him about that yeah but but we just need to we just need people to to really encourage because it's a family unit i mean think about wrestling in general from from just the sports aspect of it you're there at these tournaments from six to eight hours interacting with a variety of people it's kind of like a it's it's a it's a show it's a reunion. It's all these things in Compton. No official wants to screw a wrestler over. All the officials I've been around, they just they just want to call a clean match and make sure that your kid is safe. That's dude. It's not easy. It's not easy being in there and 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 understanding every position and things going super fast, mm-hmm. right? Who was in Who was in control? Who was Who was the bottom guy? Who, yeah. You know, how long were you down there? Okay. Did he break 90? Was it clear and defendable? You know, like, uh, 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 yeah. Like that's a craft, right? Mm-hmm. In order to get good at it, you gotta, you gotta work at it. So, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, a lot of respect for officials. They're, yes. they're, they're awesome people. That's right. Well, um, moving it. So your new position with NEMWA, so you're the president now. NEMWA is the Northeastern Michigan Wrestling Association, correct? That's out yes. near, near my, my neck of the woods out here. Um, Nimwa has always been it's been around for a long time. It's produced some great wrestlers in our in our Bay County, uh, in the greater Tri-Cities area. Um, what are some things, some initiatives that they're looking at moving forward? Um, you know, the working with USA Wrestling, Freestyle, Greco, things like that, I guess is what I'm asking. Uh, I think I think right now um, we're just making sure there's going to be a season for, for mm-hmm. the, kids, the kids that we service. You know, and, and part of that is kind of navigating the ins and outs of, uh, you know, school districts. Mm-hmm. Um, every, you know, if everybody wanted to, to have a season and stuff like that, you still have to go through protocols. I think there's a right. few more pieces of red tape mm-hmm. um, that you got to navigate. And, uh, you know, fortunately for me, when I, when I go uh, and schedule all of our battle the bus trips and stuff, I have to work with all the universities that we go to uh, through their mm-hmm. compliance departments and stuff like that. So I've, I've got a little bit of experience working with um, administrations on the, on those types of, on, on that side. Uh, and so um, the biggest thing right now is just making sure that, that the kids have a, a, a season, but we're, we're just, we're still, I mean, in my mind, we're still in October because I've been gone since you know, <laughs> whatever. So we're early October. Um, mm-hmm. We still need to make sure that we've got our ducks in a row. Um, right. leading into the season. Um, I think that if that, if with, with a little bit of uncertainty 
uh, if I'm on the fence one way or another, maybe I don't participate, maybe I do, but if there's clear definable um, scheduling, there's uh, people can prepare for it. And, right. and that's the biggest thing. And so uh, you know, teams can organize their, their, their boosters um, or, or their uh, volunteer groups so that they can uh, make sure that the tournament is staffed. Uh, sca- uh, officials can get on their, on their build it into their uh, weekend calendars. Um, and then clubs can uh, clubs can can talk with some certainty that the, they're going to be able to you know uh, the kids are going to be able to have a, a season or a, a competition right. schedule. So that's really the biggest thing right now. Um, I'll take it slow. Uh, again, uh, Nemo was an amazing organization. Uh, Josh Swiss and his family are phenomenal people. Uh, I was able to work with him uh, really closely uh, way before. Uh, our, our uh, you know, our, our Nemwa affiliation because his kids have traveled with me all over the country uh, for mm-hmm. a handful of years. So we were, we were on, the, we were on another level where we can, we can put our friend, uh, our friendship uh, aside for a minute and talk, you know, candidly. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some maybe long-term goals, but I think those, uh, those come with trust and those, those, mm-hmm. uh, those things come with, uh, you know, uh, do it, do it. You know, it's, it's better. Uh, I can show you than I can tell you type of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, It's really, well, I'm just, we're, yeah, we're going to, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do right by uh, kids and families and, and, and the organization and the clubs that we service. And if we, if we do that and we, uh, we maintain the, the, the community uh, value that, that NEMWA is um, when I went there, like as, as a, as a coach, my kids were actually wrestling for another uh club all my rev kids because we weren't mm-hmm. we weren't affiliated with the nema organization so mm-hmm. all my kids were it's community based so all my kids mm-hmm. that were outside of the outside of huron valley schools were were go to their home schools and wrestle for nema and i had this one mom that loved it and they and her kid loved it and i was like mm-hmm. she's like you have to get into this organization they, they celebrate the kids at the state tournament it's awesome mm-hmm. and i was like uh all right fine so i went up there and I was like, oh, my God, this is super cool. I see dads handing out trophies, crying. They're all, you know, proud of their kids. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you got it. You know what I mean? You're onto something here. And so, and then, you know, uh, we've been a part of the organ of uh, that NEMO affiliate for, for a while. So, but we do all three leagues, right? So kids mm-hmm. in my club, they wrestle not my way, NEMO, I'm in MMWA. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just, you know, again, it's just providing opportunities and working together. I think that right. for, for me, uh, I've worked with so many different people in Michigan. Uh, that uh, that that those that those relationships are still strong, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that started 15 years ago with with you and and you know working with with Holt and, and Everett and, and you know all the things that that came from that. So uh, you know here we are and, and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, my last question for you, Mario, is um, for those new coaches that are looking to get into coaching. And, and particularly you're at the assistant head coaching level, what are some um, some advice you would give to them uh, to have a successful career? Uh, uh, fall in love with the process, right? Like um, create teachable moments. Uh, 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 I really, I found that the best coaches are already fulfilled. Right. Like if you're already if you're already filled, uh, your bucket's full with with Christ, your bucket's full with with family, your bucket is full with, uh, you know, certain you know, all the things that matter. Right. You're OK with who you are as a, as a an individual. Right. Um, 
you're able to give back, right? They're not, parents aren't filling your bucket. Kids aren't filling mm-hmm. your bucket. They, they fill it in another way. Right. right. And it, and it really is. And so if, for that it, is make sure you're in a good space, work on, work on you as a, as a coach, uh, work on you as an, an, an individual and then, and then everybody, and, and, and that's contagious, right? When you're happy and healthy, uh, and you're in a good space, uh, that, that people want to be around that, right? If you're able right. to, to, to be vulnerable, you're, you're like, let's go, like, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's get after it. And then obviously invest, invest in your, in your people, you know, mm-hmm. find people not, I'm not for everybody. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but the people that are mm-hmm. around me get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They get me and they back me up all the time when I'm all over the place. Um, I, I found my, my, my people and, right. and everybody finds their people and, and they don't have to work for me. Like they have to work for you and, and your team. Right? right. And make it fun. But I mean, we're going to go back to that, but like team activities, get people, get people moving again. If you want any type of traction, you've got to, you've got to have activity. And, and if you have activity, make it fun, make things uh, available and, and ki- some kids aren't going to want to do it, right? They're really not. And, mm-hmm. and they're there for the t-shirt and they're for that. And, and we have to be okay with that. That's the hard part is, is being like, oh my God, you have so much talent. If you put in a little time, we should do that. And that's the part about, you know, the difference between like, uh, you know, school or public or community, you know, community ed and then, and privatization is, uh, we, there, there is, there is a divide there. Right. Kids, that, right. That kids that come, um, you know, we're we're meeting them where they're at. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of different at when you're doing, you know, you know community ed coaching or, or school coaching, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you said, dude, you, you told me different walks of life, mm-hmm. told me different attitudes, experience levels. Like right. So much happened then that as a coach, you have to you have to you have to meet every single kid. So if you're and, and going back to make sure you're OK, it's mm-hmm. like. I have to meet every single kid where they're at and they're and, and mm-hmm. bro, find, bro, find a mentor. Yeah. If he, good people, you know what I mean? Like who are the people in your life that are, that were mentors to you? And when you mm-hmm. look back at them, you're like, Oh my gosh, this, this guy influenced me. You know what I mean? He, he impacted me and, and made me see the world a little bit differently. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's it. Like, you know, take care of yourself. You know, study your craft, learn, go to coaches clinics. Like I, I, Rocky took me to the national coaches clinic, uh, with Stan and those guys and, and, mm-hmm. and was like talking to me the whole time. Even now when, oh my God, I love, mm-hmm. uh, even now we, I had Wednesdays with rock his, when he would drive to Milford every Wednesday and take Gunny to uh dog training school. And he would pop uh-huh. in and see me every Wednesday. I called it <laughs> Wednesday with rock. And, yeah. and he would, dude, he would come in before, like, you know, before whatever. And he would just come in and we'd just talk wrestling and he would tell me all the stories. Uh, and, uh, and that was it. And people like that, that I could go to. And then when I, I would, every time I'd have like a, I'd have like the people I would call when I needed, I needed advice. And I, if I had like a really tough, you know, uh, coaching athlete, you know, whatever, right. whatever, you know, I would call rock and I'd be like, Hey, what do this? And I, dude, it, it gave me an opportunity to, to hear a story. Mm-hmm. And then, and then there was a lesson behind the story, right? Some of these guys that have been doing it for a long time and they've been doing it and they have a million stories, the Roy halls of the world. Yeah. Oh I, 
I could listen to Roy Hall talk all day for mm-hmm. him. I, you know, and he tells you all of it and they've seen thousands of kids and, and, uh, and every time I'm like, that's how winning is done. You know what I mean? They've, Correct. they've solved the problem for that kid every mm-hmm. time. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, Oh, you put it together. So young coaches, you know, find mentors, invest in yourself, invest in, you know, get, get engaged, you know, to be an assistant. When I say shag coffees, go shag coffees. I mm-hmm. just need to be in the room. I just need to be in the room and hear what you have to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can act. The thing about wrestling is we're a brotherhood. You can actively be a, fr- a fly on the wall. Mm-hmm. Go get in there. Be like, go, hey, Isaiah, I want to come up to your room. I want to, I want to, I want to watch you coach. You know what I mean? They're like, mm-hmm. hey, hey, coach, can I just come in the room and, and just watch? Every, as we get older, everybody needs a, a, a fresh body. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the thing is like that. You're like, I can't drill with I can't drill with Trent Hilger anymore. He's he's big and strong and hurts me. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Like it's so uh so at that point getting fresh, fresh, you know, young, that's that's the cycle. <laughs> Forget everything else, find good health. <laughs> yeah. Put fresh legs and somebody to drill on and be a practice partner. You know, you don't have to you don't have to do that by by a default you're 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 already making the room better right right yeah, no. you can walk down the stairs in the morning <laughs> well said mario well, i appreciate what you've been doing appreciate the uh the friendship we've had over the decade or so and 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 look forward to the things you're doing with nimwa and michigan rev moving forward have a great day and, and enjoy the rest of the week uh get after it dude i, I woke up this morning i looked out and i looked over the lake and then like the, it was all misty and the leaves were turning. I was like, oh, it's wrestling season. It's, it's, it's here, guys. Let's go. Just around the corner. Just yeah. around the corner. All right, Mario, you take care. All right, man. Have a good one. Thanks for your time. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.